0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Constructed Criticism Network. This network is here to help you improve in Magic the Gathering at every level. From popper Leagues to Top 1000 Mythic, we've got you covered. If you want to hear the entire network, head on over to our sponsor at PureMTGO.com, where you can hear each and every show each and every week, and check out their sponsor, MDGO Traders, and tell them that the CCMTG Network sent you. Now sit back, enjoy the show, from YouTube, podcasts, and more, here's this week's episode from ConstructedCriticism.com. How's it going, everybody? It is about two o'clock Saturday, March 14th, 2020, and it's time for the 66th trip down the homeward path. This is my show. My name is Adam. I'm a husband, father of three, work about 50 hours a week right now and somehow some way we try to find the way to make magic as competitive as we can possibly be always striving to improve but maybe we're not on the path to the pro tour the players tour the SEG circuit whatever you may whatever you may feel is the pinnacle of competitive excellence but you just want to be the FNM hero you want to be a positive force in the magic community at the level you can have a say in i, I i'd like to hope that i'm the voice for you so, I had a lot of stuff kind of circulating as to what I wanted to do this week, but with the with the way the week has gone, with the, the the way things have gone in the last few days, I felt it would be irresponsible of me to do anything other than what was suggested to me by my good friend Nicholas Bryant. In light of the announcement regarding the national state of emergency here in the united states and in particular at tennessee had announced it as a state state of emergency a couple of days prior because of the outbreak of the coronavirus because of the pandemic that is going on there's going to be a lot more time spent playing magic without the gathering and that's i mean it's it's depressing there's, there's no other way to put it. Playing magic without other people is half the experience, right? You can definitely improve. You can find ways to bring back the gathering. And I'm definitely going to talk about a few of those. But before I get started on that, I just want to be clear. You're losing out. We, we are all making sacrifices to make sure that everybody's safe And it's sacrifices that I am more than willing to make. So what I want to talk about today, what I want to talk about this week in light of everything that has been going on is first, I want to talk about some of the ways you can enjoy magic without having access to a a third party venue, without involving, you know, potentially risking the health and safety of other people if you or they are a carrier or currently showing symptoms, but not realizing it, you know, if you like me have someone you are trying very desperately to make sure is going to be okay. That's the first thing I want to talk about. And then the second thing I want to talk about is a few ways I am working to keep my magic experience fresh while we are largely self quarantining while we are, social distancing ourselves. <laughs> so for starters, when it comes to playing magic without the gathering, there's two clients that are like, one of them is a pretty clear number one, but because of what the second one has access to, it definitely joins the conversation. The, the obvious favorite, the obvious best way to improve at Magic to play the flagship format and to always have a game to play is MTG Arena. There's there's really not getting any around any anywhere around that. There's not a better program out there. It teaches. It's free. It doesn't cost doesn't take away from what would normally be your magic budget unless you want it to. You can play standard, you can play Brawl, you can play a kind of mutant form of limited. You can Direct message friends, I think. I can't remember if that update came out yet. But regardless, you know, Arena, it's the cleanest graphics. It's the most engaging. It's consistently one of the best options. Just overall, my personal favorite, way to play Magic without other people. And it's one that I've been championing for quite some time since the open beta started in October of 2018. (laughs) I'm a fan because it's, you know, again, the graphics are engaging. It looks like the e-sport everybody wanted magic to be. Um, It's crisp. It's clean. It's not quite as buggy as it's, as it's distant relatives of the past. It's a, it's a game where you can play towards something without having to invest. You know, you can build toward a collection without having to invest a lot of money. Personally, I have only invested a grand sum total of, I think, $25 into MTG Arena. And that was for two clips of Mastery Pass for Throne of Eldraine and now for um, Theros Beyond Death. So that I can, in the future, give you a... Um, product review of said mastery pass how it changes the the free-to-play experience in a positive or negative way but that's not what i'm here to talk about today the fact that for you know the sum total investment of roughly 30 dollars over the course of two years of playing magic on arena and we've got access to several of the best decks in standard and uh, a good foundation in place that's growing by the day for the other format that's currently available and historic should speak volumes to how effective the, the client is. You know, the only things I've spent cash on are the mastery passes. That's it. And that's got to account for something because frankly, like, I had good decks last year too. So you know, last year I had mono blue tempo. I had mono red uh, wizards aggro. I had uh, I had is it Phoenix. I had the the blue black c- control deck that I play so much now. Uh, is it Drake? I had uh, we had red black sacrifice deck before it was remotely good so on and so forth we had a lot of stuff at our disposal and we played a lot of it but that was spending literal nothing on the game just rationing wild cards prioritizing mana bases all that good stuff and that brings me to the second client which is mtgo and i need to be forward here a big part of the reason that i'm getting into mtgo is because of the work of our sponsor pure mtgo they give me a a stipend of $20 an episode. So that gives me a a monthly budget of about 80 bucks. Assuming I put out an episode every week, that's not going to happen all the time. So it's, it's 20 bucks an episode. I'd be silly if I didn't use that because that stipend only goes to MTGO traders. So I, I got to use the compensation I'm getting, but it also gives me an opportunity to give you more content in the form of how i am using that how i'm using that capital you know what it's going toward and we'll get to that in a minute but you know mtgo is fun it has the most formats available in a digital magic platform and it's it's engaging it's it's great there's also social media. You can you can reach out. Again, if you're socially distancing yourself, the primary socialing socializing you need to be doing is on social media. It's unfortunate because social media can often feel like a cesspool of the worst of humanity has to offer. But there's some good people out there too. Those are the ones that I try to follow. I don't like the the overall the the overwhelming sense of negativity so i make a point to not have it in, in my life in any way shape or form and then last but not least there's also the age old tactic of playing magic through skype and it's something i'm looking to test a little bit because we've got people locally or formerly locally nick is one of them brett is one of them my cousin cody is one of them that desperately want to play magic but whether it's because they haven't found a new group to play with yet, they don't have people locally that they're that they're engaged with, or just because they want to catch up and, and have the gathering while they play magic again. Now it'd be really easy for me to tell all of them, hey, just go get on MTGO, you know, buy a buy a commander deck and get after it, just like you would in paper. But they weren't planning on spending that money. Money's gonna be tight right now. I understand that as well as anybody, we are, we, we, burned through a little more than we'd anticipated, uh, preparing for all of this, but it's put us in a position where everything's going to be fairly safe, but we have the option when it comes to playing magic online, a webcam is 20 bucks. Skype is free. I already have a headset. I don't know about you. I already have two headsets. (laughs) One of them primarily gets used for my PS4, but it will interface with the computer. And then the other one almost exclusively is used to record the show. So don't let your passion for magic die down because you can't play it face-to-face. There are some workarounds. Keep yourself engaged. Keep yourself, you know, keep the passion, keep the fire alive. Whether it's by experiencing new ways to play on MTGO Arena or by, you know, calling up a couple of friends, setting up a Skype channel, turning the cameras on, let's play a commander game, you know? We can do this. We can make it through this. It's gonna suck. There's, there's, there's not a way to sugarcoat that. There's, I, I'm pretty regular about being blunt about this sort of thing. It's gonna suck, but we can get through this. And one of the ways I'm looking to get through this is by using it as an opportunity to challenge myself a little bit. First and foremost, on MTGO. Again, I made, I made. No secret. I'm planning on being open about where capital is coming from and where and how it's being spent when it comes to my magic budget. I explained how I was using my trade order the last time I did an episode like this. But in light of everything that's going on, those investments are not looking very good right now just because I will never get to use them. So thanks to the help from Pure MTGO i am getting a solid foothold into magic online good old fashioned kind and it's starting where i talked about last week mono red and there's a couple of reasons i chose mono red chief among them being the price let's be real the standard mono red deck i believe was somewhere in the ballpark of about 50 tickets Fifty bucks. I, I don't quote me on that. I'm not just a hundred percent sure, but I think that's where it landed. I say that because what I did is I cashed out. I had eighty credits from Pure MTGO that I cashed out for a gift card that gave me eighty dollars in store credit to Pure MTGO. I cannot turn around and turn that into directly into event tickets to then go out and buy every single card I ever wanted from anybody. I got to get it from a vendor. Got to respect the sponsor anyway, right? It's not cheap in the process here. You know, I'm not using this as an avenue to try to make a whole bunch of extra cash. Anything coming into the show because of what the show is doing is going directly back into the show in some form or fashion. So, this isn't some sort of weird get-rich-quick scheme for me. First of all, it wouldn't be very quick. And second of all, I wouldn't get rich. But I digress. I started with Mono Red for two reasons. One, I like the Mono Red deck in Standard. It doesn't play much like any other Red deck I've ever played in part because of how good it is at impersonating a white aggro deck up until the point that Ember Cleave does its best I'm a better teamer Battle Rage impression and ends your opponent's life prematurely. You know, similar to how heroic reinforcements did it in the, the mono white deck last year. Splash just that little bit of red. But I'm also looking at starting in Big Red in Pioneer. And there's a reason I went to Big Red. Price. No, I'm mostly kidding. It is definitely a deck I can get into for cheap. I didn't have to invest a ton of capital into. It's a deck where I know how to play it so I don't have to worry about my execution quite so much. It's very fair. It's very straightforward. The play patterns are simple. It's difficult for me to make a mistake with other than choosing it to play a tournament, but it gives me a chance to get my feet wet. I get to get in and start to understand how the pioneer format functions. But the other thing it does is it gives me something to play for now. And then over time, over the next few weeks, the primary goal with the capital that's going to be coming in from Pure MTGO is I'm going to be investing in bases for Pioneer. And to keep things on track, we're going to start with the red lands. Maybe complete one cycle of red and another color with each, with each opportunity to do so. You know, for example, this week, maybe I do... Uh, stomping Ground, Sheltered Thicket, Temple of Abandon, uh, Game Trail, Glade. Let's get all of them. Then we move to Rakdos. Then we move to it? Then we move to Boros. And then we got all the red ones done. And then starting with the last one I get, we go to the next color, white. So we'll do, you know, start with we already have uh, the the boros cycle. So then we'll go maybe selesnia and then on around the color wheel, right? So on and so forth, just steadily accumulate enough lands in all the different color combinations. That I can put my primary focus on, if you have a mana base available to you, here's some decks that are on a budget. Because it's a different spin than what anybody else does when it comes to budget magic content, right? And that's a challenge for me. You know, if you have a mana base, here's a deck core that is competitive in, in leagues and that kind of thing, that you can get into a magic online for, you know, 40 bucks or less, something like that. Right, The upfront investment's a little higher, but the long-term investment is much more palatable because you can still cast your spells if it doesn't work out. And I started with red because, I mean, why wouldn't you? It's great. I know big red in Pioneer does not get a very good rap. Uh, it's, it's a little too fair at times but it's something that's always been a little bit of a passion of mine. I've always kind of liked the mid rangier or red decks. I mean, push comes to shove the current mono red deck in standard is not awful. The second thing I want to talk about when it comes to keeping your magic experience fresh while we're doing this, because I mentioned my magic online approaches to challenge myself. It's to, to create, use, utilize it to create content, utilize it to, to push myself in a different direction. With arena, it's to push my deck building skills. And in particular, I've got three ways that I go about building decks right now that allow me to kind of flex the muscle a little bit to get myself off the beaten path. The first and the one that I do the most is to take an existing stock list, play it enough to get to know it, and then change as few cards as possible to potentially line it up better against the field. A really good example of this is what I've done with uh, Mono Red Aggro in Standard, wherein Light Up the Stage has, is kind of a hot button card. It's either really good or really bad. So I've started tinkering with replacing some number of light up the stages with uh, Scorching Dragonfire. One, because it takes pressure off your Bonecrusher Giants' removal spells. It allows them to go upstairs more often. It allows them to snipe Planeswalkers more often. Just in general to be a more effective card because you have that little bit of extra removal. And then two, it actually gives you an out to something that the red deck currently doesn't have. It gives you an out to Uro and Croxa because when they cast the, the first half, the non-escaped version, you allow the triggers to stack and then you cast Scorching Dragonfire on it. Scorching Dragonfire puts a, a tag on it that says, hey, if this is going to die, it's going to get exiled. And then they sacrifice themselves. That's so good. It is so good right now. First of all, in the mirror match, it's great. It exiles Anax so they don't get any tokens. It's an instant speed out to an Embercleave attach. Because there are very, very few things in the red deck mirror that Scorching Dragonfire doesn't obliterate. Torbrand being the only one. And if you've got your own Torbrand on the battlefield, you still get it. But it goes deeper than that because Scorching Dragonfire is also a good card in Pioneer as a removal spell. It exiles Athassa's Oracle that's cast early on to try to filter, which means it doesn't go into their graveyard for when it gets inverted. It doesn't go into their graveyard for them to escape it with an Underworld Breach. It's an instant so it can snipe down a, a four mana planeswalker that comes down, activates, and then is at a low loyalty. You can instep the Scorching Dragonfire to blast the planeswalker apart because it still has that functionality. The only thing it doesn't do that you want your burn spell to do is go upstairs. And that's okay. The standard red deck's not worried about that so much anyway. Embercleave is your card that goes upstairs. But having access to Scorching Dragonfire, you know, it's, it's, even effective against Torbren when you you cast it to put three damage on the Torbren and then block with your uh, your fervent champion. Snipe him, he's gone. You know, it it forces the opponent to be playing infuriate because Rimrock Knight's not gonna you know Boulder Rush ain't gonna do it so on and so forth, that just seems like a really effective tool to have at your disposal. And staying along that parallel, another thing that I have been known to do is take an existing property and find a way to warp it around a different axis. Nowhere have I done that better than with the... Nowhere am I doing that more than with the adventure deck right now. For me, the key cards in the adventure deck are Edgewall Innkeeper lucky clover love beast beanstalk giant and a good mana base because those are the cards that are in every list that is really built around the adventure cards so i started with stock lists i started with teamer uh the teamer adventure list that won the dream hack and then i started with uh fairly stock list of the uh, Golgari adventure. The first thing I did was try to kind of meld the best of both worlds, which was to put, that's what I'm doing right now, which is to put that same core engine of all those, you know, all those key adventure cards in green that you want to play and then playing, you know, Take the Golgari adventure deck and do what the teamer deck did, which is splash one red card. Splash Bone Crusher Giant. Results have been promising. Turns out when you can rebuy your Bone Crusher Giant with uh, with Order of Midnight, good things can happen sometimes. It's difficult for your opponent to grind you out. You know, between Bone Crusher Giant and Murderous Rider, you can dominate the battlefield more readily. You have more removal in your deck. The caveat being your life total can take quite a few hits from your Shockland heavy mana base and the unfortunate side effect of casting Swift End while you control Lucky Clover. So it necessitates maybe a little bit of life linking your deck. The other option I'm looking at is taking that green-black Adventure Core and splashing the good blue cards. Play it around a little bit of a different axis, make it more tempo focused, make it more toolboxy, a little more of a finesse strategy where the, the Jun version is more of kind of a blunt instrument. Make this one a little more of a surgical tool. Order of Midnight plus Brazen Borrower and Order of Midnight plus Fey of Wishes are also a really unique interaction. The ability to buy those cards back, Brazen Borrower just buys you all the time in the world. And Fae of Wishes gives you access to powerful sideboard cards. And in particular, when you have access to black, that means you can play more planeswalkers in the sideboard. You can play cards like Garruk, Cursed Huntsman. You can play Liliana Dreadhorde General. You can play Ashiok Nightmare Muse, Ashiok Dream Render against, you know, Search Heavy decks. Or decks that are trying to grind you out. You can Exile Their Graveyard when they're, you know, walled up behind Elspeth Conker's death. Whatever the case may be, you know, Liliana is a clean out to uh, to Dream Trawler. You can find Enter the God Eternals. You can find uh, Ritual of Soot to clear out all the small stuff. Then your Order of Midnight will just rebuy your things. So the idea that standard is solved. the idea that standard is, is all in one place is a little bit laughable to me because I like to experiment anyway. And then the last way I like to experiment the way I like to do wild deck building projects, keep my magic experience fresh is find build around cards. And you could argue that I've already done that with the adventure deck, but I didn't really do that before I got to see it in action. By contrast, like the life gain deck is always something I'm kind of poking around with. Dreadhorde Arcanist is a card I will probably never put down whether I should or not. I've still got a version of the spell red deck kind of cooking in the back burner. In particular, it's interesting since Infuriate is already so effective. You know, having access to, I don't know... Attack with Arcanist, cast ember or cast uh infuriate. You know, swing the team, cast infuriate with uh, the Arcanist trigger, cast boulder rush on him, flash in an ember cleave, just dominate your life total. Seems intriguing. I don't know how good it is, but it's intriguing. This the real secret is finding an effective one-drop toolbox for your Arcanist. It's obviously very powerful with Samet Sprint. Or you can cast either the Arcanist into Samet Sprint directly, or if you just cast the Arcanist on two and then cast like a Burning Prophet or a Fire Urchin on turn three, you can Samet Sprint that, attack with the Arcanist, cast the Samet Sprint again, and you kind of get paid off on both ends. Either the Arcanist attacks as a 5-5 Trample or... You know, the Fire Urchin gets in as a 5-5 trample. The Burning Prophet maybe scries several times between itself and the, the Stamets Sprint. Is it great? No. It kind of functions like a bad burn deck or a bad prowess deck. But is it fun? Oh my heavens, yes it is. So there's always something to be done when it comes to tinkering with a standard format. Maybe, maybe you're in the same boat where you want you want to take an existing property, you want to take an existing piece of the metagame and tune it by changing as little as possible. You want to position it better against the field by changing a card or two. Like I have with the current iteration of Mono Red Aggro. I think we're right now we're playing a split of two Light at the Stage, two Dragonfire Main with the other two Dragonfire along with Lava Coil in the board for the Creature Mirrors. Just having that little bit of extra removal has been really effective maybe you want to take an existing property and warp it around a slightly different axis maybe that means taking uh oh I'm trying to think maybe that means playing the 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 fires deck in in teamur maybe that means playing the adventure deck in Sultai. maybe that means playing you know splashing a card into Splashing a color into the grindy green black decks. Maybe that means splashing a little bit of blue into your 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 gruel aggro deck. Because brazen borrowers a heck of a magic card. Whatever the case may be, you know, maybe it, maybe you're splashing for board wipes in your blue white control deck or disruption in your blue white control deck maybe your esper hero deck's not getting it done so you want to you want to play hero precinct one in a slightly more proactive shell. i don't know that's the beauty of this game there's always a new experience to be found and especially right now as events are being canceled as gatherings are being put to put to rest there's no time like the present to reinvigorate your thirst for playing magic your way, not the way that wins tournaments necessarily. You can improve without improving your win percentage. You can improve without putting results on paper. Sometimes the improvement is in taking some pressure off of yourself so that the game becomes more fun for you again. And that's one of the most effective ways to keep your game fresh one of the most effective ways to enjoy the game as a whole. Maybe you've never played Commander before. Sit down and give it a shot. Whether it means taking an existing property and changing a few cards because you don't like them or because you can't afford them. Whether that means taking an existing popular general, but building him a different way, building it a different way. Maybe that means finding a build around card that doesn't get a lot of love. Build around that. Whatever it is for you, do it. There's not really a better time for it. It's kind of hard to feel like you're it, it's kind of hard to worry about being shamed out of the room when you're not allowed to go in the room in the first place. So, that's all I've got for this week everybody. I know this is this is a delicate topic and I just kind of came at it with the, all the finesse and subtlety of a Neanderthal, but it's what I've got. It's what I'm doing, quite frankly. So as much as I would like to be able to tell you everything and anything that is just absolutely going to work every time. And, you know, you're going to come out of this ready to go win tournaments. If I could do that, I wouldn't be doing this. I'd be going and winning those tournaments myself, but I can say, from personal experience, the number of times where I've been unable to go play Magic for different reasons because my LGS was too far away and I didn't have anybody locally to play with. Because I didn't have an LGS. Because the player, the community that I had access to was toxic. Because we were kind of in between stuff and I didn't have the money to 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 make the trips. Whatever the case may have been. What kept me saying, what kept me getting better, was building up the passion for the game. It was making an attempt to keep the game fun. And I would encourage all of you to do the same thing. This game is incredibly fun. It's incredibly deep. There is no one correct way to play it all the time, every time. Every play has a counter play. There's no one singular best deck all the time. Just do the best you can. And for the time being, that means do the best you can to keep enjoying it. Because this these next few weeks, months, however long this thing takes, these are gonna be brutal. And magic is going to be one of the few things that is going to keep most of us sane as we go through this. You know, I joke all the time about how I'm basically at home or at work, but I'm literally only going to be at home or at work. There's not going to be a midweek check-in at the LGS to see how everybody's doing. There's not going to be a, a... Random Friday night. Ah, oh, let's just go play magic. Let, let, uh, let my mom watch the kids. There's not going to be a, oh, you know what? Let's run to Nashville Saturday. Let's go, uh, check out the bookstores. If we can find some cards, let's go meet somebody for lunch. You know, there's not going to be living vicariously through other people by watching them play events on stream. And that's going to suck. And one of the ways I'm going to combat that is by just trying, going full on mad scientist mode and trying everything I know to try to keep the game fresh for me. Maybe this is the month I finally make that arena, the the arena mythic run. It's not like I've got a whole lot else better to do. If I can do it with a brew, that's even better, but I will, maybe that's, maybe that's the goal this month. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take a stab. Let's see how high we can ladder grind. But even if it's not magic, the biggest thing I can advise anyone who's listening to this show right now, the biggest thing I can I can advise you on, find an escape. Find something you can do to take your mind off of how depressing the entire situation is. It's really easy to get sucked into the the never ending cycle of anger and depression in this situation. Anger at the people who caused it, depression that you can't do anything about it. Find an escape. Find a way to take your mind off of it, please. And that's all I've got for this week, everybody. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to let you know, If during this whole situation, you need someone to talk to, please reach out or just let, you know, let somebody else know to let me know. If you don't feel comfortable reaching out to me directly, give me a hint. I'm terrible at picking those up. Ask my wife, but give me a hint. (laughs) And. I I will be someone to talk to. I will be someone to listen to as this situation is unfolding, as it's developing, as it's doing what it's doing. And if you want to do that, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at HomewardPathMTG. If you want to reach out to me on Facebook, my name is Adam Spain. Uh, If you want to join the Facebook group for the show, it's Homeward Pathfinders. If you are a patron of the show, you gain access to the Patron Pathfinders Discord, where we discuss episode topics, deck lists, concepts, brews. Uh, in particular, if you're a patron of three dollars or more per month, you gain access to having your deck profiled during the fast lane segment on this show when we do it. And if I have one to use there, I will prioritize putting fast lane in to do a deck spotlight. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, if you like what we're doing, want to help me keep doing it, Patreon.com/HomewardPathMTG. This show's always going to be free. Every major piece of content I put out is always going to be free. But if you feel like you are getting enough out of what I'm doing that you want to help me keep doing it, please feel free to support. If you don't have the money, don't do it right now. I can't stress that enough. These are the most frugal times. I, the, the, this is the time I've, I've seen in my lifetime where it's the most necessity, most necessary, but my English can stop being broken for a minute. It's the most necessary to be as careful with your money as possible. So do not feel like you need to donate to me out of some sort of sense of obligation. If you are not doing it from a place of financial security, if you need that money, I know it doesn't sound like much, but $5 a month is a meal. I don't want anybody skipping meals for me. Okay. And if you are skipping meals and you're having trouble, please let me know. I will find a way to help you if at all possible. You know, we've got to be here for each other more than we have in the past. We got to be here for each other. We got to reach up, stick up for each other. This is the time we need to do it the most. So, At the end of the day, the quote I made, I believe it was last week, maybe it was the week before, but that quote still rings true. I'm I'm using it as a sign-off. We don't have any new uh, hashtag MTG dad jokes this week. I didn't get any in. So we're just going to leave with the the sign-off. As we are forced into more social media, as we are forced to interact with each other without being face-to-face. The 12th doctor comes to us with words of wisdom. Never be cruel. Never be cowardly. Remember that hate is always foolish and love is always kind. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. So let's be kind to each other for the next few weeks, months, however long this lasts. And let's keep this community, let's keep this community going. Everybody stay safe stay healthy. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.